This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station Joy 94.9. This program contains topics that may be a trigger for some listeners. If you are affected, please call Switchboard or QLife 3pm to midnight daily on 1800 184 527 or Lifeline on 131114, 24 hours a day. Now joining me on the air here at Family Matters, we have Kylie Puzzle, the co-founder and CEO of Miracle Babies Foundation. Can you tell us a little bit more about what the Miracle Babies Foundation is? Miracle Babies Foundation support premature and sick newborns and their families. So all that's all the babies that might be born preterm or critically ill. In Australia, there's 27,000 babies that are born preterm, so before their 37th week of gestation every year. And then we also have a huge amount of families that are also experiencing the birth of a baby, a full-term baby, but critically ill and needing extra care. So all up, our neonatal intensive care units and special care nurseries are looking after more than 48,000 babies and their families every year. When the press release came through for, for Miracle Babies, the headline was Parents Struck with Guilt. Now that absolutely yeah. broke my heart because so many factors are at play that are out of parents' hands. And it's such a stressful time, like beyond stressful, it is probably one of the most traumatic experiences to have that happen. Can you tell us a little bit more about the guilt that people are feeling and that is associated with this? Yeah, you're right. It is a stressful, very stressful, traumatic and emotional time and a lot of mothers report the feeling of guilt that they weren't able to carry their baby to term or deliver their baby safely into the world that it hasn't needed to, you know, go and have all this extra special care. So mums report a lot of guilt around that which takes a lot of time to process through and talk through and connecting with other parents with miracle babies. In time, it does take time, but helps them understand they're not because how long can a, a child, what is the general stay period of a child in special care? About 95% of babies that are born preterm will spend at least the first 28 days in care. Wow. And then some of them, you could look at the extreme cases where some babies are in hospital for 6 to 12 months. Mum will get discharged a few days after the birth, same as in a normal situation, yeah. but baby has to stay. So yeah. it's just a whole new dynamic and totally different experience of what you expected. You know, the celebration of taking a newborn baby home is just... Mm wonderful and a special time and these families don't get to have that. They have to go home and baby stays in hospital. So Kylie, what are the associated risks uh, with prematurity for for baby. The baby's first factors that the doctors um, are looking at is the breathing. So when the baby's born, are they breathing and is their heart pumping? So, you know, to be able to get that, those initial things happening and some babies will require ventilation, resuscitation and a lot of extra breathing support. Being born so early, the lungs are usually not matured till much later on in the pregnancy. It's something that a massive issue for these babies born premature and, and how, how developed their lungs are. So that's certainly something that's um, really um, pivotal in the first few moments. And then some of these babies can experience heart problems, brain problems, temperature control, blood pressure problems, metabolism and some of them are born with very little or no immune systems, risk of infections and, and you know bigger little bugs that can turn into much bigger things for these tiny babies is, mm. um, is a big risk factor for them as well. Risk of infection and, and something as slight as a cold and 
this is why people should not be visiting. I know you want to go and visit your friends, but if you've had a cold, if you're not well, that could be the absolute worst thing you could do. Yeah, definitely. A cold or a simple cold to, you know, to a, a healthy adult is, you know, might be something you get over in a couple of weeks. But for these little babies to be exposed to those types of bugs can just lead to so much bigger things and, and bronchiolitis and then, you know, extra lung concerns when they're already going through breathing problems is something that we desperately need to avoid. When you take a baby home that's been born premature, you don't know a lot of the outcomes or the long-term outcomes and what challenges these babies, you know, will have down the track. And, and that's the good thing about being able to stay supported to others. Yeah. You're around other people who are also having that unknown future. In those first early years, there's a lot of time for the family to go to physiotherapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy. And then when they hit school age, some of them might experience behavioural or learning difficulties. It's such an unknown little future that you've got there. Yeah. And then as they grow up into teenagers and adults, you know, there's still other other risks that, you know, you just need to be aware of and, and looking out for and, and helping them get the right support as they go through every stage of life. I assume the risk of perinatal depression for, for both parents would be even higher in this instance. Yeah, you're right. Sadly, there um, these parents are at a higher incidence and higher risk of yeah post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely something that extended family and friends can be watching out for. Sometimes it mightn't become apparent till they're actually home yeah. and that, that's something everyone thinks, oh, they're through the worst of it, they're home now. But that's when the family actually sometimes, the first real opportunity they get to take stock on what they've been through and be like, wow, now I actually feel like I can breathe a little bit yeah. um, because, you know, living with that complete fear all the time of what's going to happen and when you're in the neonatal intensive care unit, you know, you've got a really sick or prem baby, it can be almost described, a lot of people describe it as two steps forward, one step back. So it's almost like you make a little improvement or you have a good day, but means the next day is going to be as good. There could be setbacks that night or the next day. It's very up and down um, in those first few, you know, pivotal weeks and each baby has its own journey. Say how, how well they're going to, you know, move through the levels of care and how well they're going to do each day. It's just unknown. Yeah, I co-founded Miracle Babies with a, an amazing bunch of women who had been through the experience themselves of a premature or sick newborn and, and we formed in Sydney Southwest in our local hospital and after a few years it became quite apparent that this need was right across the country. There were just so many families being affected by it so so we expanded our program and support now families right across the country going through it. As a result of my experience I have had a long road yeah. in having my family. I have three surviving children and I've lost five babies at different gestations and miscarried. A long painful road but I can speak firsthand. important this support is because it allowed me to stay connected it allowed me to talk about things and just be in a really safe community to be able to share so it's just so important the initiative so there's a miracle month of may tell us a little bit about this yeah miracle month of may is an opportunity for us to be able to highlight the work we do and raise awareness so that families who go through the experience know how to access support know where to go to and um and that first port of call would be miraclebabies.org.au all the information is on our website and we also have a 24-hour support line families no matter where they are in hospital, just home or, you know, especially for families in rural areas to be able to have someone to talk to. So that's such an important part of what we do. We provide quite a lot of resources to families, um, which is supplied to the families through the hospitals and one of those is an emergency care pack. And in this situation, parents don't sometimes get warning. They just might go to the hospital or be at home and go to the hospital via ambulance. You don't always have your maternity bag packed. You don't yeah. always have everything <laughs> with you. We've put together an emergency care pack and it's some hygiene supplies for mum and dad so that over those next few days, they just something they don't have to worry about they yeah. can just focus on you know doing what they need to do right at that time and, and some of our other resources we have a memory box which is provided for families when their baby passes away sadly in the NICU and that that helps them to try and build some memories and give them some tips and ideas on how to do that while they're obviously not really in a great emotional state to be thinking of you know the future yeah. so it just helps them in that you know really really vital 
little moment to think about those things. And then we also have a NICU survival pack. So lots of tools on, you know, support, education and empowerment. And a lot of parents go home with not as much parental confidence as you might have sometimes. So, you know, this helps them to be able to start to, you know, be more involved in baby's medical care while they're in hospital also. I'd like to know, you know, and from your own lived experience, there's, I can imagine friends and family want to help and want to do stuff. What is some stuff that people really should not do? I think the don'ts, a lot of things that um, families report is people trying to find, you know, that really big positive and it'll be right. You know, baby will be fine. Such and such had a baby this week and they're fine. You know, they're doing great. And I think that's the thing. It's such an individual journey for the baby and the family. And the doctors and sometimes are not able to be telling the family and giving them these guarantees. And so, you know, when their friends and family are saying, she'll be fine, she'll be fine. I think it really just makes you think, well, I don't know. The doctors don't know. This is a really, you know, really stressful time. We don't know what's going to happen. Can we acknowledge that and sit with that? Because that's where we're at right now. We're not looking towards, you know, that three months or six months down the track. Right now, we don't know. What are some of the things that support partners or friends and family can actually do in a positive way to support someone who's going through this? Yeah, definitely. Parents are all different how they deal with things and what how they like to express or process through their experiences. So what we suggest is that let the family lead. So if they want to talk about it, let them listen, sit there and be okay with how difficult and stressful the situation is. Yeah. And if they don't want to talk about it, they want to keep distracted with other things, help them with that. But really let them lead. You know, don't make them talk about it if they're not ready and don't stop them talking about it if they are ready. And other things are sometimes, you know, things around the house can be yes. helpful when the family's going, you know, back and forth to the hospital for an extended time. You know, looking after the home can be a little bit of an added stress, helping out with other children with some extra hours so that they can spend at the hospital. Because both parents at this time, when they're going back and forth, they've got a lot of guilt, especially with other children, because they want to be with the baby in hospital, but they still want to be with their children at home. They're just... It's they're just torn in so many different directions so help around that you know drop over and mow the lawn for them one day or cook them a meal and drop it off there's little little practical things like that that we can do that just takes that one thing for that family for that day that they don't have to think about walk a dog you know feed a cat empty a cat litter take the bins out like there's so many things one of the best tips someone gave me um was you know there's gonna there's gonna be so much stuff to do and everyone always says oh how can i help and it's hard to actually sometimes accept the help so we the best tip we got was write a whiteboard of to-dos, fold laundry, put laundry on, mow, like you said, mow the lawn. You know, if someone actually asks, you go, actually, there's a whiteboard over there. There's a whole bunch of things on that whiteboard. Feel free to do any of those. Um, that kind of suits you. So my tip to yeah, people, that's great. A, a whiteboard of lists of things that you really just need to get to do, but you don't get a chance. That is my unsolicited tip. Miracle Babies Foundation have nature and nurture groups. Can you tell us a little bit about these? Yes, yeah, so our nurture groups are our, pl- our special play and support groups after discharge so when the babies and the families go home from that really safe little cocoon of hospital and you know you get to have you get to know the nurses and doctors quite well and you have access to 24-hour medical support so if you're not sure of something you have someone to ask with medical training so that's a really hard thing to let go of when you go home because you then do have to rely on your own parental you know instincts and and try and build that confidence we have the after discharge the families can go along to our nurture groups and stay connected with each other and and share that you know the experiences they're going with and as you said the mother's group similar situation but ours are, you know, mums, dads, parents, carers, yeah. all of that can come along. And yeah. it's just being able to support each other through that experience. And because a lot of these babies might go home with, you know, still be on oxygen for breathing or they might have tubes for feeding, things like that, they are limited as, a, you know, getting out in the community and doing things. So the Nurture Groups allows them a nice place to come, a safe place to come and share things and a really strict policy around illnesses and things. So, you know, we protect the babies as much as we can because they're still so vulnerable out there in the community. How can people support your foundation? Yeah, over the month of May always, but over the miracle month of May, we're asking people
people to support us with, you know, donating, helping out where you can. If you're interested in volunteering, get in touch with us. Um, if you've got a gathering or got some family and friends you can grab together, do a fundraiser. Anything that you love just being around people and having fun, turn it into something, you know, that you can actually raise some funds for as well and create that little community amongst yourselves to help raise awareness and funds. And sadly, we know we're not reaching every family with 48,000 families to support every year. That is a lot. We know that at the moment we're not being able to touch everyone and give them that support. So what we want to do is to be able to raise more funds so that we can expand our services into more areas and we can support more families. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.